0: to Business Can Be Better.
1: This is the podcast that helps businesses become even better businesses. I'm one of the co-hosts, Lane Anderson. I own a marketing company called London Road Media.
0: And I'm Kelly Ray Tamaki, founder and owner of TMH Business Coaching and Consulting.
1: Welcome to episode number 18 of Business Can Be Better, the vodcast and the podcast. We're starting to get some subscribers on the YouTube side of things. We are. we do have subscribers for sure on the podcast side of things, which we're still catching up on posting those. But on YouTube, people should, I I think maybe if they're listening to this and not watching this, then they need a reminder of where to find us, which is bit.ly slash Better Business Podcast. bit.ly slash Better Business Podcast. And then they can get to our YouTube channel and subscribe, and then they will know when we go live at seven fifteen on Tuesdays, Mountain Time
0: then we can have someone join our number one fan jocelyn yeah we have more fans (laughs) we do love you jocelyn and
1: every time we assume it's her she tells me later that she actually wasn't watching so it is other people (gasps) so we have one real fan. (laughs) other people it's totally my husband yeah (laughs) uh and we're gonna talk about knowing your numbers today which is a pretty it's a bit of a vague title but we'll tell you more about what that actually means
0: yeah knowing your business numbers Yeah. And yeah, I just thought we could have a really good chat about, you know, from my point of view, it'll probably be much different than your point of view on the numbers that, you know, if you could only look at 10 numbers, you know, in a month, what would those be, sort of thing? Because I know Mm. a lot of business owners, when I start to, oh, we forgot what's new.
1: Oh, yeah, we'll do Do that. Do you really have to do
0: that? Does anyone really care what's new? They
1: do. That's what they come here for. Okay, what's new? They don't care about business, they just want to talk to us. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what's new with you
1: what's new with me i did a keynote last week at oh. the university at the Dillon school of business and it was a lot of fun awesome. i mean, i like speaking a lot lately mm. and especially keynotes like i do a lot of seminars a lot of teaching and they're fun and you just just vomit out all your knowledge and tr- hope people can soak up a little bit of it but keynotes are so different because it's storytelling and maybe your perspective on the industry or trends or something right there's like kind of a theme and you're talking to something it's not yeah. just teaching it's you can, and you have to entertain people because they didn't come there to learn they came there to get motivated or mm. it's different keynotes are different and so i enjoy those and i think it went well i somehow refrained from coughing because i've been coughing so That's much impressive. lately it was because i was still coughing all that day and after but somehow i got through the hour without <laughs> so That's not impressive. sure how but it went well told a bit about my story and a bit about um the uh, the art and the science of marketing is what mm. we talked about cool to mostly a lot of students marketing students at the dylan school of business also some faculty and also some industry people it wasn't very big there's you know 60 or 70 people or something but
0: that's really cool i
1: enjoy those a lot
0: i would really like to get into more public speaking but i'm not sure that i could you know when i teach a class even a small class i'm always so nervous Mm -hmm. i get through it though yeah but practice you'll yeah
1: uh, it's crazy actually how much prep goes into it though because like come and do this talk it's 45 minutes and it's yeah no problem and i spent probably six hours prepping my 45 minutes um so it's no wonder if anyone's looking to hire keynote speakers don't scoff at the price they give you because there's a lot more involved than the hour they stand on stage
0: good to know
1: yeah what's new with you
0: see i was really listening to you oh you were supposed to be thinking i'm I'm a good friend that's good listening it's almost christmas
1: Oh, I was just talking to my mom today saying it doesn't feel like Christmas at all. Why
0: there's little snowflakes all the time out there. Yeah. I don't know. Just doesn't feel like it. Well, you know what you should do what you should do what I did. Well, you don't have a husband, but you should get your you should do this yourself. Okay. But my husband put up a Christmas tree Mm -hmm. and lights and Christmas lights outside and I have a Christmas tree in my office because I was feeling blue and I I asked for some Christmas. So he Christmased our house out. So We're gonna go
1: away for Christmas, so we barely have anything. I'll uh, well just to my dad's out in Manitoba, but oh. um, yeah, exciting out to Manitoba. Are drive out there? We are. Do they
0: get the most snow?
1: Possibly. I've never been. He's only moved there uh, a year or two ago. I've never been out there to where he lives now.
0: I'm so sorry. I'm not bored of you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You've I just had a did long a and hard sleep. day. Yeah, no. Uh. I, I
0: think it was a lack of sleep, actually. And also, I wanted to tell you what else is new. With oh yes. Yeah. Um, I took an excerpt from your email about how it should be on my videos okay. and I taped it in my desk drawer. So every time I open my drawer, I see it and get but reminded. What, what's the excerpt? Um, how I need to be authentic, generous, vulnerable, vulnerable and real on my videos. Okay. And so I just recorded what I think was probably the best video I've ever done. It was like okay. 10 minutes long by accident. Okay. By accident. <laughs> but I just wanted you to know that that's what happened right before I came over when here. When do
1: we get to see that?
0: Uh, whenever laura gets the words on okay and gets uh, those posted, words probably on. soon then okay 10 minutes it's on gonna facebook? be called my mental meltdown and how to avoid your mm. one of your own yeah we'll put it on facebook mm.
1: yeah hot tip bonus content everyone can look for <laughs> everyone. <'Kay>. everyone 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 <laughs> how do we know your numbers how do you know your numbers i like to feel like i I can speak to the marketing numbers, but everything else I'm awful at.
0: Well, why don't you start with I'm here with that. to learn. Tell us about the marketing numbers. The
1: marketing numbers. I had someone ask, um, actually someone that was at the keynote, another marketer or kind of a marketing student and part-time marketer who um, asked a question on LinkedIn because he didn't ask at the event, but he wanted to ask anyways, <laughs> and he was asking about something to do with knowing your numbers, um, and so I had an answer for him, and I kind of crafted my thoughts about this around that because he was saying how do I know like what numbers do I need to look at how do I know how to evaluate a new campaign a is manager? it working yeah oh, that's a great question. <clears throat> so if I'm building I have a new campaign I'm doing on social media or something how do I know when it's working and when it's not and when I should give up or when I just need to have more patience and let it catch on or like how do you figure that stuff out and so in my response I kind of I think I have an idea that Ties into this, which is that it's more about the the ratios of things or the rate of things happening okay. rather than like the the bulk volume number. So Sorry. it's not about like getting a hundred likes. It's about the fact that you only got two, but your post only reached fifty people. So that's actually pretty good. It's more two about like 50 it's more like the ratios. rate at which things are happening rather than the volume. So people oh, are okay. concerned about like oh, I only have six hundred visitors to my website this month and it's not necessarily about the volume, it's what happens, like what what rate are things happening at? So if you're getting, if you have, um, say it's an e-commerce store, like if you're converting 8% of those people, well that's good because now we can scale that up. And so even running lead ads, right? Like if we're trying to run lead ads, like, oh, we only got 22 leads this month. Well, if we only spent 200 bucks, well, we're doing okay. That's, you know, nine bucks a lead, that's scalable. We can build that up, you know, so it's more about, it's not the bulk number, which I think everyone's looking at the volume, just like what's the the main, the gross number kind of thing. And it's more like figure out the rate at which things are happening to decide whether or not uh, it's going in the right direction. Because it might be. As much as it looks like a tiny number, if it's a tiny number out of a small number, it still might be okay.
0: Yeah, I really like how you tell people not to get caught up with vanity metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really, really started to see that be true, especially with like... You know, we're doing the Rotary page, right? Mm-hmm. And some of the videos and pictures that we posted did you see the cute little old de- couple dancing with their pink no. crowns on? Oh, anyway some of the posts, so we have like 500 and some likes on the page now, and some of our videos are getting like 3,000 views.
1: Yeah. So that's great, that's, right? Yeah, it's great. So, so the ratio
0: of like <coughs> views to mm-hmm. followers, if you only have 500 and some followers, and what is it, 600%? yeah that's crazy that's awesome so that's good yes we still don't have that many followers but we're getting seen
1: absolutely yeah Yeah. i think that's so important and that's and that's why uh that full follower number like to to pay attention to that and say we want the most amount of numbers it's gonna make it harder to find success because now your rate like it has to be higher like if you get 10 likes out of 100 well if you have a thousand followers now you need 100 likes so good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> like keeping it small makes it easier to find success. So you find the success at the small number before mm-hmm. you start trying to build it up. And yeah. we've found that with, with the few social accounts we managed that we were lucky enough to start from the beginning, either it's a brand new business or a business that's just starting a new account or something where we got to build that account from nothing. Um, it's been those are the most successful accounts because we really have never focused on building the following. We just let it happen. (laughs) And so it's only high quality followers and our reach is still, you know, averaging more than a hundred percent reach and like very high levels of engagement because it's never about getting the volume of numbers up. It's more on what rate are people liking and and engaging and everything.
0: Yeah. I don't know if people really fully understand if they're not like an online marketing genius but you're saying that if you have a hundred followers and you have a hundred views on your post that's crazy that's good yeah because facebook now barely shows any organic posts to anyone because Mm -hmm. only paid stuff gets shown right so if you're getting the amount of people who you have following you seeing your posts or more that's really really good it is very good yeah
1: yeah so the more that you increase the number of people following you the harder it is going to be to say you're getting good results because now you have to get that many more people to see your content so that's i don't know that's an idea about when you're looking at your numbers not to be thinking about what's the volume like what's the number of visitors to my website what's the number of followers i have what's the the dollar amount sold on my store it's not that it's the the rate at which that's happening because if you have a great conversion rate or a great margin or a great whatever it is that's a that's a rate now it's scalable like if you're Mm -hmm. getting leads for a gym at six bucks a piece if you only got six this month yeah that kind of sucks but now you've established that you can get them at six bucks a piece you could probably put more budget behind them and get 100 leads at 6 bucks a piece maybe it'll go up to 7 but i mean you you need to establish success with a low number and it's about the rate not the volume all right i think i've stated that enough yeah, times yeah i think that's good. <laughs> good.
0: so also um is there anything else you want to speak to i, I didn't write down any uh, online numbers because i thought that you would cover those like anything about like click through rates or like conversion it's, rates or like i mean there's just website, not enough or? like
1: standards across the board numbers to really Share anything meaningful, like people will say conversion pages or you know landing pages should have a you know thirty five percent conversion rate is great, some are getting more like twenty percent, but then some people will hold themselves to extremely high standard to a really good addict who will say no fifty percent is the minimum, which would be an awesome conversion. I don't know people there's all these numbers, but like I uh, yeah, it's just so dependent on so many factors it's pretty hard to speak to in a general way
0: okay well i have lots of stuff here so okay at some point i want to talk
1: about profit first too
0: i knew you would (laughs) so i prepared myself for that (laughs) all right so um financials of course are going to be one of the most important numbers that you're going to look at in your business Mm -hmm. and um just the basics like knowing your revenue the income that you have coming in your cost of goods sold, so the cost of the things you have to buy to make the sales, Mm -hmm. your gross profit, which is your revenue minus your COGS, then your overhead expenses and your net profit, so the bottom line. And I know if you're watching this and you have good knowledge of your financials, you're probably like, this is so boring, this is so basic, but it is so scary the number of business owners that come into my office and don't know what a profit and loss statement is. So you yeah. have to know these things. You have to ask your accountant to explain your financial statements to you. And you have to look at them every month. Because if you don't, you can't increase them. Oh, no. Are you going <laughs> to on this one? No, I'm okay. just
1: getting shamed over here.
0: Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> not okay. looking at them every month. Um, so Profit First is a book. Mm-hmm. A unique because, way Because of- Okay,
1: so Profit First is there is a trend as you've stated of business owners like business owning entrepreneurship is a creative enterprise to me. I feel like there's definitely like very just number crunch driven business owners who Maybe get into it. No, but I saw your post. Oh no, visionary. you didn't. Um, Devin posted about it today. Oh, okay. So we've talked about it at the office. Um, yeah. So there is those types who are very just like I'm in it for profit and it's all about the numbers and there are, you know, accounting minded people who start businesses and are very successful at it and are probably weaker in other areas. And I feel like a lot of the entrepreneurs, or at least the ones that I know, are very much more like the creatives and the visionaries who are not extremely enthralled with looking at their accounting (laughs) and their bookkeeping. So with that in mind, I think a lot of business owners, it's a common trend that people don't log into their bookkeeping. Like if you use QuickBooks or something, you're not logging in monthly and you're not paying that close of attention. And so uh, but you should absolutely it's knowledge you need to have. and a lot uh, the more common practice is that people log into their bank account and they look mm-hmm. at the cash and that is sure. how they form some sort of impression about what things are happening. This is how much cash I have. I know vaguely that you know, this is what my payroll costs, this is what my lease costs. Um, this is my revenue you have some ideas from your bank account and that is a more common way that business owners approach it this is a i'm Can saying it's the it? right Can way I of doing jump it in for one second here?
0: if you do that yes you have no idea how much net profit you have or how yeah. much tax you owe the government yeah. so please don't just check your bank account yeah okay back to you
1: so that so that's not a statement of which you should do, but it's just a statement <laughs> of reality as far as this is what is common. A, this is what a, people are doing. It's a right and a
0: of guilt, is what it
1: is. <laughs> it is. And so, Profit First is a book. Oh, I should have pulled the author because I can't remember his name, but I read this. My accountant gave it Mike to me actually. Might be it.
0: I'll look it up for you.
1: It's, um, it acknowledges that that's that bank account accounting bank balance accounting is kind of what a lot of business owners use and so it tries to modify Mike McCAlowitz McCAlowitz maybe um, it, it uses bank account balance accounting and tries to modify it so that it gives you more of the information you need to know which is what's your profit margin what are your expenses what's your what do you owe the government all that stuff so it modifies a bank account to have some of those important numbers so it says take your bank account balance set up a whole bunch of savings accounts they should all be free you go in there banks are becoming more familiar with this they've probably set it up for other people and so i i only have four accounts i have income expenses profit and tax government money that doesn't belong to me that's what i have so everything comes into the income account Two times a month, I take that and I split it by preset percentages about where it needs to go. So I take, I forget because I have to look at my notebook every time because we adjust it. So we keep trying to like bump up how much profit I can take out of my business. But the idea is it's profit first. You take that out first. So if you're like, no, I need to make 12% profit. You look at your income and you pull the profit out and then you take what you owe the government, that needs to come out. So you take yeah. that percentage out. And then you are what you're left with is expenses. So now yeah. you have to run your business with what's left in expenses. Because the other way that people do it is, Profit comes last, so you pay the government, then you use up your expenses, and then what's left over is your profit. Well, the thing is, it's the tube of toothpaste analogy. You will use all of your expenses and not leave yourself profit. It's like, you have a full tube of toothpaste, you will put a big glob on your toothbrush. When you get down to that last little bit, you will wring that thing out for a month before you go buy a new tube. You're like, oh, there's a little bit left, there's a little bit left. So it's this, it's that idea that you will always use everything that's available. And so if you if you put your expenses before profit, you will spend it all because it's available. You won't leave it for profit. So the idea is you pull profit first, then pay the government, then pay your expenses. And it's just a different way of looking. And now I can log into my bank account. And I have a better idea of what I have. It's definitely not as good as looking at your bookkeeping. But I do know that money that's set in the government in the remittances piece, I can't touch that. That's not Income I can use. Well, that's
0: a very healthy habit. So that's People good to know. Do that. Yeah. yeah,
1: and and this is was about a year ago that I read this book and adopted it, and it is a habit forming thing that takes some time to get used to, um, and it is kind of the band-aid solution to the real solution, which is just look at your books better. Your but it's numbers. so, it's so easy to just look at your bank account balance and see the big number and be like, wow, we can definitely go buy this for the office yeah. when 90% of that money is accounted for, for the government. And yeah, see, it's else. so
0: hard for me to wrap my brain around. Like I get what you're saying and I mm-hmm. see how it worked for you and I know how it worked for another company. Yeah. But because for 20 years, I've been looking at the income statements and the budgets,
1: Yeah.
0: It's like you're not allowed to spend the money that's in your account. It's allocated for this expense, this expense, taxes, and this. So it doesn't matter matter what the the bank account says. So we plan it all out. We have one bank account. We hit our revenue goal. We spend the money we said we would. We have the profit left. Yeah. So that's why at first I was like, Lane, that book sucks. Yeah. But you know what? I went back and read it again. And I totally think it's intelligent and smart because there are so many people who don't want to do things my way.
1: I think it's and a,
0: it it's a it fixes. Yeah. It's a fix. It's a good
1: first it's, step towards doing it better. It's not yeah. and it's kinda like
0: it's not as bad as doing nothing.
1: Yeah. Like my wife is a fitness coach and trainer and stuff and and she just brought on a new client this week and she's like I'm not gonna give you the nutrition side this week. I'm just gonna give you very vague Suggestions of things you could change because I'm going to give you all these workouts too and I don't want to overwhelm you with all these things you need to change. So it's kind of like it's the baby step to get them towards the goal eventually and I feel like Profit First is something you could do for a year or two that's going to help you get on the path because it it transformed my business and I you could have told me every day that I need to check my P&Ls and I need to look at the books and do that more often but it was that step that helped me take the leap towards I am actually pulling profit out of my business now, not just running, yeah. you know, using every expense. And it's not that we needed to. It was just like, yeah, of course I need a new lens for the camera. Of course I need like let's buy a new office chair. Like it was dumb stuff. I could have been running a business I could pull profit out of, but I was basically using it cuz it's all sitting in expenses and so, yeah, I would like just your pay
0: bank it. all the time. Yeah. And that's the worst. If you just look at your bank account and you're like, "Oh, good, it's going up." Mhm. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> you have troubles. Yeah, you know it's uh yeah. So obviously, knowing your financials, okay, okay. profit first or
1: so. What are all what? What does knowing your financials mean? What me numbers do you need to know? You to a, a
0: projection for your income, your expenses, <clears throat> and your profit, mm-hmm. and then every month, looking at your income statement and putting that in there beside your goal. So if your goal was a hundred thousand this month, how much did you sell? Yeah, if you didn't hit that goal. What's the problem? Is your lead conversion too low? Is the number of leads coming into your business too low? Other problems that would indicate lack of sales. Oh, are your salespeople not hitting their KPIs? Then your expenses, if you go over on expenses, obviously you overspent, like you spent more than you planned to spend Mm -hmm. somewhere. So you need to go look at that, see if it's a mistake or if it's something that you can make sure doesn't happen again. And then profit, why are we doing this if there is no profit, right? So if you don't hit that profit goal, you need to really examine that. We use the budget as like the basic first number one tool, make a financial plan and then try to hit it. And when we don't hit it, we go line by line through the financials till we find out why, mm-hmm. then we go fix that thing usually with the procedure. So that's what I would mean by knowing your financials. One step further would be knowing the margins, like yeah. the gross profit <clears throat> margin, like the gross profit divided by the revenue as a percentage. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at that, as a percentage, you can compare it like apples to apples with another number. Yeah. But if you're like, my goal is a hundred grand revenue and seventy thousand gross profit, and you hit one hundred and twenty, and you have eighty one gross profit, you don't know if you hit your goal or not, in my opinion. Right. Unless you divide the gross profit numbers right. by the <clears> revenue, by the, and get you your compare the percentages.
1: So how uh, how recently can you look at those numbers? Because by the nature of bookkeeping, there's always it has to be kept up to date. So, I mean, are at, at say December 1st, are you looking at November 1st and November, like till end of month? Or are you doing it like allowing two weeks to get all the bookkeeping caught up? Or are you allowing three months and you're looking back on like a rotating, how, how recent do you look at those numbers? Is it like the ones that ended yesterday or is it revolving on months old data?
0: There are different scenarios, so we always do our best to look at them as quickly as possible. So okay. in some businesses, the us- the usual like longest time I will let them wait for their bookkeeping,, yeah. is the 15th of the following month, right? Because if you could get all your stuff from November on November 30th, that would be ideal. Mm-hmm. But even better than that is looking before the month ends, looking you know every day at what, what's your revenue so far. And what, so what is your revenue as a percentage of your revenue goal for the month? Mm-hmm. And then how many days into the month are you divided by how many days you're open? Right. So every single day you could look at how you're doing for revenue and expenses. Right. That's only if it's getting entered into your bookkeeping software.
1: I had a client come in today and I'm not a business coach, so I don't usually get to see this, of this stuff, but he knew off the top of his head. He's like, yeah, our revenue is up 30% more than last month. And we still have several days left in the month. And he knew separately like revenue versus uh, number of purchases versus number of customers who made up those purchases. He's just like, here's all man. the data. I love and I'm just man. like, oh, cool. That's, I mean, that's good. For us too because obviously our marketing is working and the awesome. fact that you grew 30 percent revenue this month over last awesome. so but awesome. that that is very useful stuff but then you're obviously are not doing it based on it's not cash accounting then because nope. i have invoices and like one month might literally look like double the revenue of the last yeah. one because based on when the invoices yeah. are paid right so
0: if you're doing cash accounting when the money changes hands is when that dollar value will show up in the statement so if you collect all your accounts receivable in October, looks like you had a good October, but Mm -hmm. most people's accounting is accrual-based, so if the date of the invoice is October 1st, it shows up as revenue on October 1st, even if you get paid in November. So uh, most clients get their financials by the 15th of the following month and then update their actual columns, and then they look at the month, the goal, and then what actually happened, and then we look at the year-to-date goals, all the months added up together, and then what actually happened, because Mm -hmm. sometimes you have a bad month, but you're still on track for the year. Mm -hmm. And now today, we just completed um, a really, really crazy awesome process with one of my clients and another one of my clients, because one of my clients does the accounting for my other client, and they have figured out a way to in-house enter expenses daily, because they deal with a lot of expenses, a a lot lot of buying and selling, um, and invoice daily as well for their projects. So. They can look at real-time what their p l is right. at any point. Nice. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. And they look at their budget, and they're like, how are we doing? How are we doing? Oh, we better pick it up, you know? Mm-hmm. And I have another client who's really, really smart, and she started doing this one thing. Um, this one thing I believe changed everything for her. First we calculated her break-even. Mm-hmm. How much does it cost to keep this place running for a day? That was staggering, just like with wages and electricity and part of the rent, you know? And so then she made that goal. Never again will I sell less than that in a day. Right. And then from there, she started doing, taking her monthly revenue goal and dividing it into each of the days of the Mm -hmm. month on a calendar. It's a big calendar. Right. So every day has a daily revenue goal. And every day she writes up beside the goal what actually happened. Nice. And then every week she readjusts. So if she didn't hit the first week, she adds it into the second week. So just looking at those numbers every day, uh, gosh, that's powerful. She's she's been doing, oh, I, she's just been growing like crazy. So it, looking at your revenue for sure, mm-hmm. but also looking at your expenses to pieces. maintain them. Because like you said, yeah. if you think like that, yeah, you're right. You could just you have money, so you'll spend it.
1: My only so my my pushback, the only piece is I think for a small business, I think there's efficiency in in not, doing, not updating uh, the invoices and the receipts and the expenses day by day, there's efficiency in bulk, like totally batch agree. doing things. Totally so, agree. I mean, if I have to enter 20 receipts, it's going to take me 10 times as long to enter them one like one, one day and one the next day and one the next day compared to, I'll wait until the 30th and do all my receipts. Like, it's just yeah. an efficiency thing. I agree with you. So,
0: so, in most cases, I agree with you. This particular business has like, I think they said hundreds of bills a week right so that was a special case but you're right at the end of the month take all your receipts or put all your receipts on your phone like in receipt bank give them to your accountant and make sure that you get your numbers by the 15th of the following month so
1: at least once a month do the batch at least don't do the receipts at once a year
0: don't do the shoebox (laughs) or the bag full of the amount of
1: like before i went back to school i was in the trades, and the, I had a renovation company, I had a painting company. I've done other things, and I the amount of times, or how standard that is, for, uh, for smaller companies, obviously not the big construction companies, but for the amount of roofers and fencers and renovators and flooring guys and all these like little companies, they are not bookkeepers. They're more they're doers. They have a craft. They have a skill, and they want to enter their receipts annually maybe or or their invoice like entering all the invoices all at once i mean i even i have an invoice that someone's been asking more, me for for like three weeks and i'm like oh i keep forgetting to send it to you and i just need to actually do it but yeah I okay feel let's like,
0: talk about that accounts receivable that's another really good important yeah. number to look at because some people are struggling with cash flow and my first question is what's your accounts receivable at they're like what do you what do you mean well, there's a report right. called accounts receivable, is pull it up, let's see right. it. Yeah. So uh, it shows, you know, $80,000 is overdue 30 days, mm-hmm. another yeah. $100,000 is overdue 60 days, and another 200000 is overdue over 90 days. So. You are paying interest on your line of credit, your credit cards, you're mm-hmm. not paying your bills because there's like $300,000 out there that's owed that's to you. Owed to you,
1: yeah. So you just need a process. <clears throat> Look at yeah. the
0: number, follow up, follow up, get paid or get paid up front. That's way smarter. Really? Yes. Well, we if can, can fight on that. In any case.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't. I can't. I'm good conscience. I can't do it. Mm. I don't ask for money until people are very happy with what we've done. This is gonna be a whole new episode. Okay.
0: <laughs> but I do love that. I, I love that um, that way of thinking. That's a nice way to think. I do tell my clients always to ask if they're happy before they send the invoice.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is hard to do if you haven't done any work yet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> KPIs.
1: I knew that would come in yeah, too. Yeah,
0: for sure. Like giving your staff key performance indicators that are numbers, like actual measurable. Like for you, if, you were, if it was your job to do business development, Maybe I would give you a goal of 100 leads a month mm-hmm. and a 50% conversion rate. Right. Those would be your KPIs, and every month we'd look at them together and we'd say, "How can we do this better?" Mm-hmm. Better. Um,
1: I think it's really important to think of those um, <clears throat> to like really troubleshoot how those could possibly be gamed, kind of, mm. because there's I like this. We have to do this in marketing a lot, where someone will say, "Well, this is my KPI. This is the most important thing." But it's like, I can game that and get you that number. Like, it's just too Tell us easy. more about this. Well, if you're like, so with our biggest, like our, not our biggest, but our most prominent social account, someone like PokerStars that we manage all their social, it's really important for them to get a volume of engagements. That's important to them. But so I said, is, is that your number one KPI? Cause like I can change my strategy if that's all that's important to you. Cause I'm just going to post six times a day and it doesn't matter that i get extremely reducing engagement rate each time i post right cuz they all start cannibalizing each other and you don't you're not going to get the same engagement on post 6 as you did on post 1 so i'm like i can i can get volume of engagements up there i'm just going to post 6 times a day and you will see engagements go up is that actually what you want? Well, of course, no, it's not. They're going to be like, well, no, that's not what we want. So oh, there's like so many ways misunderstood of gaming. I you. You know what I mean? I thought you were you like, mean gamify, make, make it a fun. Game no, no, no. so it'll be fun. I mean, and then you're just
0: like, I, I, no. I can dispute that.
1: No, I mean, no, dislike. you have Thumbs to like down. solve, you need a suite <laughs> of KPIs that can't be hacked. Yes. Basically. There's this
0: paper that we had to read in university. It's like the folly of... Expecting A while rewarding B. And it's all mm-hmm. wow, sorry. Shaken. It's all about like if you give a sales guy a goal. Right. You have to come up with that other goal to keep him reined in. Yeah. Otherwise exactly. he's gonna be doing all sorts of unethical things to achieve yeah. just that one goal. So if
1: you're like just give me a hundred leads and he's like, Yeah, okay. If I'm low, I'm just, low, I'm just gonna go find someone in the yeah. alley and I'll yeah. put his name down <laughs> like oh. you have to make a suite of KPIs so that you can't yeah. hack it. Yeah. If you have one KPI, I don't care what it is. There's a way to hack it and get you the result without really getting you what you're wanting for that number. Yes. So in the way that engagement is not a good single KPI. It needs to be met with engagement rate and engaged users and
0: anywhere from one to five. Yeah. Usually three. But yeah. Make sure that you build them too. And if you have a great, honest, awesome team, Mm -hmm. they should help you build those KPIs and they'll say something like you did but couldn't I just like screw with the system to hit this number? And you'd be like, thank you for saying that. Let's fix that. Yeah, but you
1: have to, you you don't, it's not like you're thinking the worst of your employees, but you have to imagine how could I hack this and make this number magically appear without doing the meaningful thing it intends to do in spirit. Yeah, make sure
0: the KPI achieves the goal that you want to achieve. Like Mm -hmm. if everyone achieves their KPIs, you should achieve your strategic objectives and your financial goals.
1: Right. What KPIs do you have for yourself?
0: Um... For myself? Yeah.
1: Do you set KPIs for yourself?
0: Revenue, gross profit, net profit. Okay. And with my new business partner, uh, they're the same. That's interesting. his are staff happiness and sales. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, those are all like, completely revenue based
0: yeah so when when you read rocket fuel because i know you well because you're a good friend and you made me read that Devin told me it was a very quick read too good it's it's awesome okay you'll see that you're a visionary and i'm an visionary
1: and the integrators and
0: ryan my new partner is the grand visionary like he this book was written about him and so he loves the people the experience his customer service is insane Mm -hmm. He, he has like we're going to ha- we're going to create a training program so that we're going to have a whole bunch of people talking, walking, doing exactly like him because he is such a good people person. He does the big business development deals. He's the face of the company. Yeah. And I'm like, let's crunch the numbers. Let's make this thing more profitable.
1: That's what makes good partners.
0: Perfect partners.
1: Complementary.
0: Rocket fuel. You'll love it. Yeah. Um but the point there was, oh yes, let's talk about KPIs again still. Okay. Um Laura, Poor Laura. She does such a good job. And we ask her to do so many things. <laughs> this is Kelly and, Ray's assistant. Uh, actually, her title is Sorry. online and administrative coordinator. Okay. Yeah. But she just prefers to tell people she's my assistant sometimes okay. because it's much easier to So say, I didn't assign her Kelly's title. assistant. No. Okay. <laughs> um, so that poor girl has KPIs about online sales.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And they're not really going yet. So I'm a very optimistic girl. And I'm not... I. I you know, I know... You don't become like a worldwide, um, you know, million dollar online course selling Mm -hmm. business coach in two months. Mm -hmm. But I'm very optimistic. So with Laura and I, we set some goals. You know, we're like, we'll sell this many courses this month, this many courses this month. And because she does so much of our social media and she's killing it, don't Mm -hmm. you think?
1: Yeah, she does well. I feel
0: like she has some power over that
1: goal. Sure. But there's a problem.
0: She doesn't have all the power over it. And mm-hmm. if you give people a goal that they don't feel like they can achieve it or it won't be worth it, they probably won't. Mm-hmm. So we need to sit down and revisit those because it's really not in her control. You know, all the stuff that you're doing with modifying and tweaking and testing and you know yeah. she can't
1: That's not something uh, she can control. No, yeah. yeah.
0: So just make sure that they they can do it and they feel like it's worth it. Okay. Um, do we need to give them some more examples of numbers of KPIs?
1: Mm-hmm. Numbers of KPIs? No, I think yeah, I think it's clear. It's tough to th- to give hypotheticals about what they could be because it's so dependent on your business and what's yeah important. any
0: number that makes you successful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, however you define that. Yeah, because for me, pick- if my like, if my revenue grew, or my even my margin grew, or profit grew but all the other things that are important to me suffered, mm-hmm. I would not be success to me. I agree. Like, I will take a decrease in profit if it means my employees come to work smiling and are not looking forward to Friday. <laughs> <gasps> you
0: did, you hacked, I know you have a hacked, you somehow hack my notes every time I know you do because I, on here I have staff happiness scores mm-hmm, and customer customer happiness scores.
1: How much do you trust self-reported staff happiness scores?
0: When it's anonymous, I think you <laughs> we you have
1: one employee. <laughs>
0: oh. oh, no, not in TMA. Okay. At Shoe Solutions. Okay. But also all the other businesses I work with. Yeah. Um, That'd be
1: awesome. You need an anonymous suggestion <laughs> box in your office. <laughs> oh, Laura, how, how do you
0: feel about me today? Um, no, she's just pretty straightforward. We meet every month. <laughs> Um but we do an anonymous like SurveyMonkey or Google Form. Yeah. And I feel like they're they lie by about one point. That's usually my experience. Okay. And if people are an 8 or higher, that's good. But if they're a 7, that means they're a 6 and they're looking. Right. Yeah. So that's been my experience. Hmm. Um also the net promoter score is pretty good for customers. Yeah. You know, yeah. like and the way that they have the the detractors can you explain
1: the, that for the for the people at you know, home do you want to pull it up because I sure can't. let's find it
0: they, i'm pretty sure that one 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 to five are detractors six seven are neutral and eight nine ten are pluses
1: okay what are we this looking is, at this
0: is said to be like the best <clears throat> what do the we need most to show? important this is net promoter score and um this has been, at least in my university courses, touted as the most important question you can ask your clients. Um, this used to really piss me off though, because we use this out of beta and they use this to score me, like my staff did. Okay. So if I have like some great ones, but then I have some passive ones and then I have detractors, they take away from my so I wouldn't get a good score if anybody okay. didn't like me. Right. I had a lot of staff. And I'm a better leader now. I wasn't the best then. <laughs> but yeah, most times people will use this with clients, but you can also use it with employees. So if out of 10, they're a 9 or a 10, like mm-hmm. let's say on the, the happiness scale, yep. they're promoters. Mm-hmm. That's plus. You get two points for that. Then if they're passives, that's a wash. Yeah. Nothing. Neutral. And then if you have detractors, like if you have like any of those numbers, those take away from your yeah
1: one each yeah two points for promoters my negative one for detractors is that how it works or it's however you want to score your business i
0: don't actually know because i've never seen this graphic before and i've never actually seen the times 100 there before either
1: yeah i mean however you want to calculate it just do it consistently right there's no like this is how i don't love this so i just
0: love the one to ten how happy are you yeah you know
1: okay yeah that makes sense yeah and And oh
0: and how likely are you to recommend us that's a very important question for clients
1: We do this in, um, in, in for PokerStars anyways, for social media marketing, just because we have a software for them that allows us to do it. But we do sentiment tracking because mm. th- uh, that's very important. You can get a ton of comments, but if it's all people complaining and saying you're awful, it's not mm. a great thing to get, right? Um, so we do sentiment tracking and literally every reply and every interaction that people have with any of our social channels, which is a lot, this is very large accounts, we score them and... The software we use has an AI and it helps uh, predict it pretty accurately, but we still have to manually just check them over quick. But we will score every interaction with positive, negative or neutral or negative, positive, neutral, negative. Um, And that goes into my reporting weekly and monthly is what is our percentage of positive over negative expressed as how people talk about us on social media. It's
0: cool to start seeing AI working like that
1: yeah and so it takes keywords and it learns because it's like oh when they said this word you actually marked it as positive i thought that was a negative word but it's like well knowing the kind of jargon or the way they talk in the context that didn't really make it negative just because this
0: makes it so they said kill <laughs> and they're like
1: oh negative and but it's like no what they said was i'm killing it and it's like that's a positive thing so it learns and it figures out what should be positive and negative oh, and neutral
0: td canada yeah. trust now i understand you this happened to me on Facebook. It was just like, what? How is it? Was such a confusing conversation? Uh, I was like trying was like to a get bot this, or what? Uh, it must have been, but it, it was acting like a person. Right. But it was doing things like you said. Like it sounded like so. There was uh, something on my credit. When you know you pull your credit report, yeah, you can see what you have on there just to make sure there's no fraud or whatever. Are you supposed to do that? too. Some, I'm you should probably do that. <laughs> there's a, a TD, maybe we should next podcast <laughs> how to be an adult. So there's a TD uh, thing on my I'm credit not report that should not be on there. So okay. I was trying to get a hold of them and. I think I waited on the phone forever and never got through. So then I wrote on their Facebook wall. Oh, no, I couldn't write on their Facebook wall, which I thought was stupid Okay. because I knew that that would get their attention. So then I messaged them on Facebook, and I just said, hey, this is really frustrating. I've been trying to deal with this forever, da 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 And then I think I said something nice at the end, like, could you please, please, please help me? And it must have, like, made – it must have taken that – You triggered something. <laughs> Thank you so much for your, you know, we're glad to hear you're happy. I was like, What? oh right so
1: it's a bot incredibly not
0: happy yeah it's a chat bot that that was my last program yeah
1: we have built chat bots and there's things like that that you need to imagine all the possible responses and not give them something incredibly inappropriate or not what they would expect because people uh, engage in unpredictable ways which is where bots can fail um kpis finances marketing numbers
0: Client satisfaction, client satisfaction, employee employee
1: satisfaction,
0: uh, return on investment for marketing spend. How
1: much do you need to put a number to that? I've never pulled my employees on. What do you feel? Of, how do you? How are you enjoying your job? Other than like literally asking them that, and being like, "How are things going for you? Is there anything I can do to help?" And I have just anecdotal That's awesome. responses.
0: That's awesome. That's I don't have a number. It's not scalable, though. Like when you're massive, if you get massive, <laughs> spend every you're gonna day. to spend every minute just, just being like, going how's for it going? Coffee with you're going to get so sick of that. How's oh, it going? It's my dream job.
1: So, every return day. on
0: investment that's important. Cost per customer acquired. Mm-hmm. Uh, cost per lead. Mm-hmm. So, the, with these, you really have to make sure that you're tracking before you can actually look at these numbers. Make sure mm-hmm. you're tracking where all your leads are coming from and all your clients are coming from so that you can see um, however much you spent on like Facebook or radio or. Not radio, what am I saying? Probably Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram. They don't want you to
1: calculate ROI on radio because there is (laughs) put them out of business. (laughs) Um,
0: So that was mean, I'm sorry. It's true, though. Um, So cost per customer would be like the amount you spent to get on Facebook. The amount you spent on Facebook to get 10 customers. Mm -hmm. So that number divided by 10. Mm -hmm. That's your cost per customer. And same for cost per lead. And then I really think conversion rates, a number that people do not look at enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like the leaky bucket thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh your man. Your funnel's a sieve kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you I really did a, need to convert more leads before you put more leads into your yeah, bucket. Yeah,
1: that's absolutely true.
0: And some people are like, no, just spend money on marketing. Pull more money in there. No, just be better on the inside. Follow up more. Mm-hmm. You know, be better. Be-
1: Especially a small business in a small say, like we're in a city of a hundred thousand people you have a finite pool of customers mm-hmm. and you could burn through them pouring them into your leaky bucket funnel mm-hmm. like you need to optimize that thing to convert as many yes. people as possible because you you can exhaust the market here yeah. without a lot of ad spend like especially if you're in some sort of niche product there maybe is five thousand potential customers in this city right oh. it's
0: Great point, Kate, okay, mm-hmm. you have to calculate this. You have to calculate demand for your product. What How do we calculate
1: costing? demand for your product?
0: Well, let's say you want to launch a new company or a new service or whatever. Um, hopefully it's relatively low risk, like low startup cost, okay. first of all. But if you you have to do your research. Like yeah. if your target area is like a brick and mortar store, not I an online yep. store, and let's say 120,000 people in the surrounding mm-hmm. area, right? And then you find a statistic online for how many people have dogs.
1: Oh, even better. Yeah. Even better. What? Use Google Survey. What? Because it's like a buck-a-response, and you can just ask the questions, and you tell Google, and they go find people to answer that, and you can do Very your own market cool. research. So you can say, you can say, okay, ask everyone in Alberta or everyone in Calgary or whatever, and you ask ask them these eight questions. And it's going to help me know if there's a demand for my product cool. or whatever. And it's a bucket response, unless you add some other qualifying questions and stuff, then it's more auction so based. Cool. But it's like a bucket response, and you can do your own market research.
0: Google is so smart. <clears throat> Google is, oh my gosh. I always discover I'll new Google tools, way. and I'm like, what? <laughs> Let me tell you the cheap way. Yeah. Um, so you Google statistics, um, percentage of people who are dog owners. Right. And then it's probably going to be an American statistic. Sure. But just overlay it onto the Lethbridge population. If that's okay. the best you can do, let's say 40% of people own dogs. Yeah. And take the 40%, overlay it onto the 120 population. What is that? 4,800 people? <laughs> you want me to do math? 48,000 people. It is 48,000
1: 48, people. 48,000 people.
0: So then now you know that the total market, total possible market for you is 48,000 people mm-hmm. that have dogs mm-hmm. that might buy dog food for me. Right that's a simple example but
1: and then how many competitors are in the space exactly. and all this stuff how
0: big of a piece of the pie do you think you can get mm-hmm. what percentage and be of people way like the more conservative
1: hand? than you think you see all this you watch yes. dragon's den and everyone's like it's a 12 billion dollar yeah. industry if we just got one percent you're like you're gonna get point zero 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 one percent in reality like uh, come on
0: i can't watch that show they're so mean i
1: enjoy it a lot mm. My wife does not, <laughs> so it's when she's she at the gym or she's sleeping or something.
0: Joss, I got you.
1: I'm gonna. My dream is to someday be on that show. I'm gonna someday <laughs> build a business. It's not my dream, but it's a goal and something I would really enjoy. I'm gonna build a business for the sake of going on Dragons Den one day because my current business is not a Dragons Den candidate. No one's gonna invest in my marketing company. Service companies are not oh, very I investable. Say
0: that. I think you're doing great.
1: Yeah, but you're, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's. A, they would laugh me out of there.
0: So. quick tip okay in the notes underneath the this description, video somewhere yep. in the description there is a link to a free scorecard what do we call it
1: it's just the monthly sc- no it's the uh 10 minute scorecard
0: 10 minute scorecard so it's my uh 20 years of running studying coaching businesses mm-hmm. the most important numbers i think that you should start with um every month and so I know there's a ton of overwhelming numbers out there. So mm-hmm. just start with these 10 or these five. Um, so yeah, it's like kind of like a worksheet. And it's free. And it's in the link. So you guys can all have it.
1: Um, yeah. That's, that's that's my quick tip. That's the quick Get tip is go down and read it and then use it every month. And download it. Yeah. OK. Um, what's my quick tip? My quick tip, I think I already like gave it away when we we're talking about everything else. My quick tip is know your ratios of which things are happening, not the volume number. So it, it just takes a little bit more math and it's the kind of number that doesn't necessarily get spit out from your Facebook insights or your, well Google will give you some of that. It's nice. You can see your conversion rate and things like that. But find that rate, that number, that the number that shows up as a percentage that's what you want. You don't want the bulk number of visitors, the whatever it's, it's, what is your percentage? Your rates hmm. are that's the funny, ones that's so that are parallel important. financials, okay? Right. With yeah. margin Ratios, and everything. Yeah. I think, yeah, because it tells more of the story because just the bulk number doesn't really give you enough context. It's that compared to this. Now yeah. you're looking at two things and how they have a relationship with each other. Yeah. So conversion rates and, and all of those rate engagement rates reach rates all of that stuff is what you want to look at and um and then look at some industry averages because those kind of things it's easier to compare right i can't say well is it good for me to have a thousand followers compared to what like what do you what benchmark do you compare that against but if you want to say what's the average reach rate of social media what's the average conversion rate on a e-commerce page like those are numbers you can compare against because now you've kind of standardized it to know that and you will likely learn that your reach rate is a lot better than the industry average <laughs> because it's a quick
0: tip is a long tip oh, the
1: quick tip <laughs> needs to be shortened <laughs> next week seven fifteen p.m mountain time on the youtubes at bit.ly slash better business podcast where Please they can find us. us. Yeah, we're,
0: we're now, right? yeah, words, can you like, we'll give us some suggestions? We yeah, topic suggestions. We're going to share this now, right? Yeah, we can put it like to this video. And then we'll say, give us some suggestions.
1: Okay. We can ask for suggestions.
0: And. Apology to anyone who's waiting for our podcast to be uploaded. There's a little glitch. Lane's gonna fix it tonight. We're gonna look at. They're it. gonna be all on there because people are like, "Hello, you haven't done an episode." And like, "Oh, weeks. but, we have. Oh, but we have." Go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. You're gonna have a whole weekend full of podcasts. So
1: follow us and subscribe to us on YouTube so you know you'll get a little notification because I'll set it up ahead of time and it'll say we're going live at seven fifteen, and then you can get a notification. Um, and and then voice does it say? Yeah, right? I wish. And then subscribe uh, if you're doing the audio version. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please subscribe. Where do they find you?
0: I need to write this. People down. can follow me on
1: Instagram. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> At the real Lane Anderson. <laughs> and since we're talking about TikTok, you can mm. find me there too. But it's just me being a dorky oh, dad. I'm go watch that. Um, LinkedIn. I'm like becoming more and more. I am just posting like, like daily LinkedIn. to LinkedIn. So find me there, Lane Anderson, and Twitter Lane underscore Anderson. That's where you find me.
0: I am just Kelly Ray Tamaki, and I am just TMH Business Coaching and Consulting. All the places. All the oh, places. Oh wait, Instagram is Kelly Ray Tamaki, TMH, and we're on Facebook. And, and
1: like there's things. and there's uh, those are written down below in the description as well. If you need to find oh, us, how handy! All right, thanks for listening. We will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.